Half the battle is back. It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. We're going to be talking to Albert the Warrior Morales. He's fighting Tomas Almeida in the co-main event of UFC Brazil. You know we had to bring Albert back on to catch up with him about this monumental matchup. Then, I'm joined by Titan FC welterweight champion, ATL's own, Diego Lima. We're going to be catching up every single week in the lead-up to his title defense at Titan FC 42 on UFC Fight Pass. And last but not least, I'm joined by MMA manager Jason Lundgren. He's looking to revolutionize the game. He asked me for a platform to talk about what he's doing, and of course I obliged. I'm a man of the people, so you know we had to catch up with Jason at the end here. And real quick, how damn good did Tony Ferguson look against Rafael Dos Anjos? I think we have a new number one contender in the lightweight division. We're going to talk to Albert Morales about that. Obviously, Conor McGregor's fighting Eddie Alvarez this Saturday. Cannot wait for that. MSG, New York City. Sean Carey and I will be back later this week to break down that card. But first up, Albert the Warrior Morales. Here we go. Joining me now is Albert the Warrior Morales. Albert, welcome back to Half the Battle, man. What's up, guys, man? Glad to be back again. Feels like home already. Oh, yeah, you already know, man. It's good to have you back. And, you know, it's funny because last time we were talking, we were saying, you know, maybe maybe Albert Morales versus Anthony Burchak next. You know what I mean? Sean Shelby had other plans. He he said uh, he wants you to be in the co-main event against Tomas Almeida in Brazil. How would you feel when you got that call, man? Oh, man, just blessed. I'm finally happy they threw a dog a bone, you know. Um... I'm excited, man. You know, I, I've been talking about this a lot. You know, I get, you know, I'm a kid that never left for Cedar, California. Now I'm flying off to Brazil to fight one of the best guys in the world. You know, I said this from the beginning. Thomas Amit is an amazing fighter, and I can't wait to take his head off. Man, and the thing that's so cool about a matchup like that is, I mean, not only is he a big name, but he's a real fighter. I mean, you're someone that enjoys watching the sport, and I'm sure you enjoyed watching his fights before you got that call. Now that you did get the call, what's it like, you know, taking off your fan cap and knowing? I'm the guy that's going to go in there and try to take his head off. It's amazing, man. Um, still, not, not well. I guess we're you know we're we're, we're uh, equals now. You know, I'm about to, well. I'm about to be the superior at the end of this night. At the end of that night, but um, yeah, I got to take off the fan cap because like he's. I'm definitely a huge. Uh, I, I would say yeah, fan. Fuck it, fan, fan, fan of Thomas Amade. He's he's a beast. You know, even even with the loss to Cody uh, Garbrandt. I still think he's still an amazing fighter. I don't, you know, I think everybody gets caught once, and that was just his night. I think he's going to come back really strong and um, trying to take my head off too. So this is an awesome fight for the fans. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited. I get to show off again. You know, um, and actually perform perform a lot better, man. Ment- mentally, I feel so much better, man. I'm emotionally so much stable. So I'm excited. That's good to hear, man, and it's so cool because, you know, with Alejandro, even though he was a good opponent, you know, he was kind of trying to avoid the fight a little bit, kind of trying to run away. Tomas isn't going to run away. He's going to give you the kind of fight you want. Exactly, exactly, man. You know, that that's th- there's no way. Like, this is just one of those fights because, well, you know, I, I, I try to push, the, well, I always push the fight. You know, um, you saw an Alejandro Perez fight. I was dead tired in the third round. You know, due to just stupid ass mistakes, but I just kept pushing forward, and that's what I'm gonna do, man. I could be busted, bleeding, broken arm, broken leg. I'm still gonna keep pushing forward, um, and T- Tomas is the same way. Um, but you know, the goal is, you know, I'm the bully in this ring. I'm the bully in this division, and I'm here to show it. And you know, I'm gonna show it November 19th. Definitely. And then the other factor that I'm sure a lot of people have been talking to you about is when you walk out, I mean, they're not just going to be booing you. They're going to be screaming, you're going to die. So, I mean, how do you feel about that, man? I love it, man. I embrace it, dude. Uh, You know, I'm I'm, I'm here to freaking steal the show. Um, I'm imagining that that, that's what they're actually cheering for me. You know, Um, I'm going to put that in my head. I'm going to and at the end of the day, man, you know, I know the Brazil, you know, I respect Brazil. You know, a lot of my culture, well, my now, like, adopted culture is Brazil, you know, Brazilian. And, and it's just so uh, such a big part of my life. So the goal is to get out there, whoop Thomas Amade's ass, and uh, gain some fans and respect out there in Brazil. So when I go out next time, they'll be screaming, uva mujer, to the other guy. <laughs> yes, sir. And, dude, did you watch uh, RDA versus Tony Ferguson last night? Yes, sir, man. That was amazing. Amazing, man. I'm so happy for Tony Ferguson. A good, uh, not a good friend, but a friend of mine's. Um, man, that guy, like I was talking about to, to all my friends that were over yesterday, that guy legit grinded his way all the way up there. He, you know what? Even at the end of the fight, he still didn't scream, let me get a title shot. He's just like, all right, thank you. And that was it. He's right. Because you can't deny the guy. You know, he's, he's taking on everything and anyone. And 
he's an amazing fighter, man. Nine fight win streak. I mean, in the UFC, that that's just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's amazing, dude. Yeah, and like, and he fought everybody. He fought Edson Barboza. You know, I, I'm a huge Tony Ferguson fan. He's my boy, but I was a little worried for Edson. Bar- I wasn't. I, you know, it's a funny thing. I was way more worried about Edson Barboza than I was Dos Anjos. Um, he's just so unorthodox, man. And freaking, it's just so. Weird. He's just such a weird fighter. I was talking to my boys. Um, he kind of reminds me of like how you would watch an amateur fighter. You know, an amateur fighter tries to do all these weird things in the cage and thinks they're like water or whatever, but in reality, they suck. <laughs> but like Tony does that, but the thing is he lands it. You know what I mean? And he, and he just, it's just, he's so weird and unorthodox. And then his submission game's awesome. His wrestling's awesome. He's a dope fighter, man. I'm excited for him, and I hope he gets that title shot. Man, also, his chin is insane, and, you know, you hit him with everything you got, and he keeps walking forward. I know that's got to discourage a lot of guys mentally. Definitely, man. Because he knows what he wants. That's the thing. Like, he has a goal, He has, and, and there's nothing else that's going to stop him. He's just on another level mentally. Like, he's not, like... He, he's got a supreme confidence, I feel like, and, and, and like I said, nothing's going to stop him from reaching his goal. How do you see him matching up with uh, Eddie Alvarez or Conor McGregor? It's a cool matchup. I would like to see him fight Conor. Um, I think Eddie would be about the same thing um, as Dos Anjos. Um, I, I just think I, I just think it's his time, honestly, man. I would I would love to see him fight like um, for sure Conor. I would love to see him fight Nate. I think him versus Nate would be pretty cool because they're both long and rangy. They both got pretty good ground game. They both can take hits. It'd be a pretty cool fight to watch. I think, you know, um, um, Tony, uh, he's got a little bit more, like, swag to him, a little bit more technique. But um, it would still be cool to watch. Definitely. No doubt about it. Did you see uh, Benil Dariush versus Rashid Magomedov last night? Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I was – you know, it's, I don't know, man. I, I, It was okay. You know, it was dope. I, I, I enjoyed the fight. Um it was a lot of clinch, man. I was I was I wasn't expecting that so much, but um, it was a good fight. I, I was I was rooting for Baranus of uh, of of course, you know. Um, hey, but something I didn't realize. Uh, side note, kind of, what happened with um, with 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 uh, Javier Cordero? He was there for Baranus, but he wasn't there for Dos Anjos. What's up with that? I, I have no idea. Yeah, Dos Anjos left him like halfway through his camp. No one knows the reason why. Like some shit went down. So I got no idea, but Dariush is still with him, so... That's crazy. I noticed that, and I was like, what the fuck? But, yeah. yeah. I mean, leaving your coach that brought you to the title is never a good sign, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. It showed, you know, but honestly, I think it would have happened either way, man. Tony would have won either way. Yeah, he's a badass. But as far as that Dariush fight, dude, what impressed me so much about it is that, you know, every single time Rashid Magomedov would throw that body kick, Dariush would... Immediately return with an inside leg kick or a head kick, and I mean that just showed me it was inspiring as a martial artist that you, that the lesser striker can beat the better striker if he's smarter than him. Definitely, man. He, yeah, he kept knocking him off balance and dropping him on the ground off those uh, inside leg kicks, off those counters. He's pretty good, man. It was it was pretty clean. And I, you know, it's funny. I considered you know Darius a, a striker now. You know, he's an awesome grappler and stuff like that, but. He, he, he can hold his own standing up, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, he caught our boy Vic, and he just 30-27 uh, Rashid Magomedov. Those two wins, that's a big statement about his striking going forward, man. Yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's definitely... He was he was also the underdog that fight, right? Like, betting-wise, right? Yeah, and the Rashid fight he was. And don't forget about the Michael Johnson fight. I know a lot of people think he lost, but hey, he still went uh, toe-to-toe three rounds with Michael Johnson. Yeah. Yep, 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 that's true. He's a beast, man. Yeah, and also uh, Ricardo Lamas fought Oliveira last night, and you know, going into that fight, Oliveira missed weight by ten pounds. So it was Ridic- a forty-five versus a fifty-five. First round, the size really showed. I mean, Oliveira was taking it to him, but man, Lamas is such a badass dude to survive that and then to choke him out. I was like, yeah, you're a badass. Yeah, he officially got it, man. He got that. You know, ten pounds. That's kind of. That's crazy, man. It's almost like he didn't try. To, like I hear Brian Stan keeps talking about it. It was almost like he didn't even try because, and, and you know, at, at, at the same time, if you're if you're gonna be overweight, then shit, I guess go hard or go home, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's lame. It's super lame. It, it's unprofessional. Um, good for good for him, man. He he overcome adversity because that first round, he, like you said, he was taking it to him, man. It almost looked like he was bullying him. He was just way stronger than him. Um, but I guess uh, you know just perseverance with by, by, by Lamas he just bullied his way through him he's definitely a badass 
Yeah, he really is, man. And Albert, you know I can't let you go without a couple fight predictions. So this Saturday, man, it's going down. New York, MSG. Chris Weidman's fighting Yoel Romero. Romero's currently the underdog. Weidman's the favorite. I mean, last time we saw both of them fight, Weidman lost his title to Luke Rockhold, and Yoel fought uh, Jacare and won a split decision. So who you got, man? That's such a hard one. Why'd you get that? <laughs> That's such a hard one. Um, oh, shit. It's, it's, it's so dope because, like, it, like, you know, Chris Weidman being such a good wrestler, but Yoel's a beast at judo, so... I, and a wrestler, so so I don't know, man. Um, the power, definitely, I'm going to give it to UL. Definitely. I'm probably going to give the strike in UL. Fuck it. I'm going to go with UL. I like I it, UL, man. Yeah. You know, I never picked against Yoel. I'm just worried that this might be the time he finally loses. But at the same time, man, he brings so many intangibles to the table. His will to win, his athleticism. And he'll do whatever it takes to get that victory. As a betting man, you like guys like that. So I'm going to have to go with Yoel as well. But the thing is, man, Chris Weidman in New York, it sounds like it's tough to bet against him there. But you know what, man? Got to go with the Olympians. So may the best man win. And also, dude, on this card, Khabib Nurmagomedov makes his return against Michael Johnson. And they got it set with Khabib. He's almost a 3-1 to one favorite. Michael Johnson's plus 240. Isn't that crazy, man? Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Especially off of like Michael Johnson's last performance. Um, but I guess Khabib Khabib does play into you know the, Michael does play into Khabib's uh, game plan just because Khabib's so strong, such a great grappler, and and he de- he tends to manhandle people. And you know Michael Johnson isn't like the most strongest, like you know most strong guy. He, he's, he's athletic, sure, but he you know. He it, it seems like he wouldn't be a good matchup. You know, it seems like Khabib would just toss him around like a rat dog, but. Um, you know, after that last fight with uh, Dustin, I, I kind of got confidence in Michael. Um, but I really do want – I want to see Khabib fight someone, you know. I still it, It's definitely the first time, like they said, someone with a, like a full camp, which is Michael Johnson. But I want to see Khabib fight like like a Tony Ferguson, man. You know, that's the fight that I want to watch. Um, so I kind of want him – I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit more. But I, I actually, I, I, you know what? Fuck it. I got Michael Johnson. Um, I think I think he can catch him. I, I really do think he can catch him, and I hope he could, man. Because I love Khabib. I think he's an awesome grappler. His striking is actually really good, you know. Um, but I'm, I just, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like I was on the hype train, and I kind of fell off. I'm with you on that as well, man. I mean, I always root for the underdog, and I feel like his speed. You know, will really give him problems. You know, going into the Poirier fight, I kind of thought he lost his speed, but then I found out that the dude had like some kind of surgery, like a torn labrum, and then you saw in the Poirier fight he was fast as fuck. So I think that's all it was in the Dariush and Diaz fights. You know what I mean? And now he's back. And dude, the the speed difference is going to be very evident on Fight Night, Albert. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, because because Khabib's definitely more of a power striker, kind of loads up on punches, but he's slick too, man. He's got a really cool like slip with. He's a southpaw also, right? Yeah, I think so, off the top of my head. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be cool. Um, I'm excited for that one, too. And that's on the prelims. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, man. Dude, Crazy. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, he's trying to make it four in a row at welterweight. He's taking on Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin's the dog right now. And uh, we know that Kings MMA has two wins over Cowboy Cerrone. You think they're going to make it a third here? I th- yeah, honestly, man, um, I, I hate going against Cowboy, but I do fucking love Kevin Gaslam. He's just a grinder. He can take a punch. He's just going to keep coming. Um, I think he slipped up his last fight. I forgot who he fought, who he fought but it was kind of – he lost his last fight, right? He, uh, he beat Johnny Hendricks, but before that he lost to Magny. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Woodley. Oh, well, if he beat Johnny Hendricks, yeah, I, I, think, he, I think he has what it takes, man. Because, Ke- you know, especially, you know, the Kings MMA – um, you know, coaching. I think the way to beat Cowboy is just to get off on him first and kind of have him moving backwards. I know he starts off slow, but if you just keep him there, you know, it, it, it's a wrap. And I think um, I think Kevin – and also, man, like Cowboy – this is the first time I feel like Cowboy's really fought a beast at 170, like Kevin Gastelum. Like, that, that guy's that guy's a killer, dude. Um, who, else, who else has he fought at 170? He's fought a Rick Story, right? Kelvin? And, yeah, he beat Johnny – he, no, not Kelvin. Um, oh, Cowboy? Uh, uh, Cowboy. Yeah, he beat uh, the Brazilian Cowboy, Patrick Cote, and Rick Story. Yeah, so this is a big step up, man, because I, honestly, I think Kevin should be like in the top five. That guy's, if he makes weight, you know, he's a beast. Um, so I'm going with Kevin. I think Kevin can, like, 
I think Gastelum could kind of grind him out and p- potentially finish him. And the co-main event of the evening, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's attempting to be the welterweight champion. He's taking on T. Wood, Tyron Woodley. Woodley's the underdog. He's plus 170. Stephen Wonderboy is minus 200. Who you got, man? It's a great one, man. Um, I've, I've said this for a long time. I think Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is going to be a champ, and I think he's going to be the champ for a long time once he gets it. But... You know, like Tehran does, he Tyron does have the, the knockout power to just put anybody to sleep. As we like, who the hell drops, you know, freaking uh, 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 Robbie Lawler like that? Nobody, dude. Robbie can take everything, but you know, you could also say he's taken a lot of damage in the last like what four or five fights that he's had, um, and it's just wear and tear. I think, um, I just think, I think. Wonder Boy is just, just like, yeah, sure, they say he's a point striker, but yeah, he's knocking people out with those point strikes. Um, I think he's very he, he's very aware of his distance. I think he's got so many tools. I, I feel like, yeah, Tehran's a better wrestler, obviously, because he's been wrestling forever, but and he's probably a little bit stronger, but the thing is, how is he going to get in for those shots, and how is he going to get in for the overhand? I think, I think, um, I think Wonder Boy definitely knows how to use his reach and keep his distance. So I think Wonder Boy will probably, you know, actually I think Wonder Boy is going to finish him. I'm not sure what round, but I think eventually he'll hit him with with, with like really some really clean shots and maybe a straight right, straight left, or whatever stance he is. But he's going to knock him out, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously I could see that happening. The only thing that worries me, you know, if you were going to pick a Wonder Boy, is T Wood's ability to close that distance. And also, even though Wonder Boy is a karate fighter, I mean, he fights with his hands down. And we all know if you do that for long enough, you're going to get caught. You know what I mean, man? Definitely, definitely. But that, like, that's that's just like, like he fights with his hands down. But the thing is, he knows his distance so well. You know, like he'll know when to like slip out the way. Like he he his hands are down, so he's expecting. You know, it's kind of like a bait, I say, like, you know, with like, especially like when I box with like certain boxers, they, they'll kind of like drop their hand a little bit, kind of like their left hand baiting me to come in. Okay, his hand's lower. So I'm going to bait him in. They step back, fire back with some, with their right. And so it's kind of a bait, you know, and, and, and yeah, like you said, it's, if you're playing with fire, but if you're, if you, if you know your distance, you know, he's so good with his feet. Tehran comes in, he can teep him, kick him, side kick him, whatever the hell he can do. I just, I just think he's really long and he knows how to use his distance, his reach. And, you know, I, I just, I think he's just, he's just a little bit too well-rounded for, for Tron, but shit, the, you know, uh, Tyron does have, um, the mind power, dude. He's, he's kind of he's he's got that X factor. He believes that he's the champion. He believes he's going to retire the champion, and you know that can always change. The, you know, change the fight. But Wonder Boy also is. You know, he's very uh, confident. Also, so such a good fight. Such a good fight. Really is, man. And last but not least, the main event: Connor's minus one fifty-five, Eddie's plus one thirty-five. And if Connor wins this fight, he will be the first ever simultaneous two-division champion in UFC history. So is he going to make history this weekend, man? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Big, uh, honestly, man, I'm the probably one of the biggest Connor supporters. Yeah, I know in my group, for sure. Um, Connor's, Connor's just done so much for the game, man. He deserves it, bro. He, I, I don't care. All the shit talking, all the shenanigans, it doesn't matter, man. Look how much attention is brought to the sport. We're at Madison Square Garden. He's headlining. It's going to break records. Um let him let uh, i hope he does and i think it's a great matchup for him i think eddie plays really well into to, to connor's matchup like what it's it, honestly it's it's nothing that connor hasn't faced before um the only thing is that eddie eddie has freaking you know gone the distance or eddie has freaking been dropped and came back and stuff like that but I, I think connor has a lot of you know power in that left hand i think he's gonna drop him and he's gonna lay his ass out and just just finish him um you know, and I'm gonna go with him. I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he's gonna finish him in the first. I think, I just think, I just think Connor's just it's his time, and and he's just dope, man. He, he's another one of those guys that's really good at. Uh, uh, you know, the cool thing about him is that he 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 pushes the pressure, but at the same time he he stays far enough to where he can like step back and get out of harm's reach. So, he's an amazing fighter. He's an amazing shit talker. Um, black belt in mental arts so he's a beast dude and i think i think he puts eddie away i think he's already in eddie's head whatever eddie wants to say i think he's in his head yeah man i cannot wait to watch that one unfold and dude i've been seeing you posting some stuff on your social media some gears of war they've been taking care of you or what man uh yeah a little bit you know um yeah hell yeah they've been taking care of me man those guys are awesome dude um just just hooking me up with gaming supplies and you know they, they know that i that 
so the way that happened was they knew that I started streaming, playing. Well, I've always played video games, but I started streaming just just for fun, you know, not trying to make money or anything. And they invited me to uh, the Gears of War um, launch party. Gears of War 4 launch party. Went there, you know, it was like super exclusive. I was expecting to- something totally different, but it was super exclusive, like loungy and stuff like that. Free food, like free finger food, super high class, man. They did it right. And we would just sit there and play video games and um, uh, Gears of War. And uh, at the end of the day, like I, I met with the marketing manager, met with a bunch of cool guys, Adam and 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 just a bunch of awesome people. Two Chains was there, freaking Wiz Khalifa. We all were just playing games, dude. I felt like super cool, man. They treated me like you know, like a celebrity or whatever. Like 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 it was just just an awesome event, awesome time. And at the end of the day, they gave me a gift bag, and I was like, what the hell is this? I opened it. It was the Gears of War Four limited edition Xbox with Gears of War Four and all that shit. And I grew up playing Gears. I'm a Gears Halo guy. So, man, I was lit, and, and I came home two weeks before the game was out. I was already playing Gears, man. It was awesome. That's dope so as to, hell. So, so and, 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 you know, um, Adam's actually been helping me out, helping me with my Twitch a little bit, trying to, you know, show me a couple things. So, I'm like, in, in return, I'm trying to, you know, shout them out too, man. And, and you know, it's just an organic relationship. No, nobody's getting any – well, we're gaining a friendship. Other than that, no one's really gaining anything. We're just, you know, just helping each other out. That's what's up, man. And let the fans know how they can watch you uh, play, man. If they're if they're interested, they got Twitch. How can they watch uh, Albert the Warrior Morales play Gears of War? Right. All right. So I got two channels, man. So the first channel is me and my boys. We're we're going for a podcast more look. I'm not, you know, who wants to watch me play video games, man? How about you come hang out with us and just right. join the conversation, whatever the hell we're talking about, and and we're just gonna kick it. And uh, that's we we call ourselves the I Am Crew. Um, you can follow that one, and, and that one's under my name. It's The Warrior One Three Five UFC, and um, eventually I'm gonna change the name to I Am Crew, but that's what it is right now. And then me and my girlfriend are working on a side project because me playing, uh, me training all day, and then when I come home, I, I stream. She likes to watch, but at the same time, I I, she, I can tell she wants to play too, even though she doesn't know how to play. So I was like, you know what? Let's just come up with something. Let's spend some time together. So I decided to make a new channel. Uh, it's going to be like a side project for me and my girl. And we're going to play. It's going to be me and her playing, playing through the whole Gears of War saga as of right now, just Gears. And uh, we're going to play through it. And we're just going to talk about, you know, our days and lives. And if anybody wants to come and ask questions about for me or or even better her, you know, being an MMA wife, being a, girl, a woman who supported me from the beginning and all that stuff. She is, she's got a pretty tough story, too. So if you guys want any questions, you guys could ask her cooking, all that stuff. And you can find that. Our name is, um, it's going to be Love Cap, uh, well, it doesn't matter. So it's Love N Games with a Z. So Love N Games with a Z all together. Um, and that's going to be, um, that's already that's already going on. We're going to do that Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. So just follow me on Twitch. Don't worry about subscribing or anything like that. Come chill and, and, and talk shit. Awesome, man. And that's very thoughtful of you to do that, bro. And uh, hey, before we get out of here, man, anything else you want to tell the fans? No, man. Just tune in November 19th. Uh, Fox Sports 1, Coleman event. Best fight of the night. Hey, it's going to be the... If Thomas Almeida comes tonight, that night, it's going to be the fight of the year, for sure. Fight of the decade, man. But, but you know, if not, it's going to end finish early. Um, whatever round it is, but it's going to finish, and I'm going to finish him. But if, he's comes, if he comes to the fight, it's going to be fight of the year. So don't want to miss that, guys. Yes, sir. And where can they follow you on Twitter and Facebook and all that, man? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Warrior135UFC. And then Facebook, uh, Al- just Albert Morales, Albert the Warrior Morales is the fan page. Um, just hit me up. If you guys have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. You know, I'm, I, I hit up everybody. It doesn't even take time. As soon as I get a notification, I hit you guys up, man. So don't, you know, just hit me up. I'm just a normal dude. Hit me up. And um, that's it, man. You know, just just stay cool and Watch the Warrior fight. Do his thing. Yes, sir. And they're about to make you a big underdog, so we, you know we got to go big on uh, on uh, Money Morales. There we go, man. That's it. That's it. See, that's what I'm not seeing. So you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to go with Money Morales. But right now I'm trying to freaking focus on this fight because I feel like I got a little a little arrogant in my last fight. So I got to stay. I got to. Mm, Money Morales. That's where it's at, dude. Bet on Money Morales all day. Yes, sir. And I mean, all you got to do is watch his fights to stay humble. You know what I mean? That dude's coming to fight. Co-main event, his country. Going to be a hell of a show. Cannot wait, brother. Hey, thanks, boss. Thank you, man. Have a great day, buddy.
Peace. Peace. Joining me now is the Titan FC welterweight champion, Diego Lima, ATL's own. Diego, welcome back to Half the Battle, What's my man. Up? How you doing, Thanks bro? Thanks for having me, bro. Oh, you got it, my man. So this is pretty cool. You know, we got set up to do a weekly blog. I've never done anything like this before. We're going to be catching up every single week leading up to your title fight at Titan FC 42 versus Jason Jackson. And, you know, I wouldn't just do this with anybody, but for ATL's own, I mean, dude, you know we got to represent. So thanks for doing this, Diego. For sure, man. I'm excited. You know, I think I did a last fight, too. So, you know, we got to keep on rolling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So how you feeling, man? The title fight got announced. Jason Jackson, once again, ATT versus Black Zillions. It's your first title defense. I mean, how's the champ feeling, man? Man, feeling amazing. Feeling amazing. I'm peaking at the right time. You know, this fight was actually supposed to happen on the 29th of October, but they hadn't announced it yet. And like three weeks out, that's when they told me it was off and they postponed it. So I was already in shape, you know, I was I was training for October 29th and then, you know, just had to back up a little bit and man, everything's been great. Oh man, so by the time you started your, your camp, you were already in phenomenal shape? Oh man, I was peaking already, I was on fire already, so it's been one of the easiest camp, man, didn't have to overdo anything, just maintain and man, I'm a happy guy. That's good to hear, man, so you were able to taper off a little bit and, you know, take it easier on the days you needed to? Definitely, you know, the diet, you know, diet wasn't so strict, you know, I was you man, you was just perfect, you worked out perfect. Well, that's good to hear, man, real quick, uh, right now, as we're speaking, it is Game 7 of the World Series, you by chance watching it, bro? Not yet, and I'm in the car, so I, I'm not home. Oh, I got, I got you, buddy, shit's getting real, man, so when you get home, uh, tune in, bro. What's the score? Right now, it's a 4-1 to one Chicago. The game is in Cleveland. It's the sixth inning. And, yeah, man, it's, oh, it's getting heated. So it's 4-1 to one right now. Wow. Yeah, man, it's crazy, dude. Your first title defense. Firstly, let, let's backtrack a little bit. Let, you know, let's step away from this fight camp for a sec. What, what was it like bringing that belt back to ATL, my man? Man, it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, it's every fighter's dream, you know. And I, I'm so glad I got to accomplish mine, man. You know, just being the champion of a big organization, you know, it's what – Every fighters look forward to, man, and for me it wasn't no different, you know, so it was, it was it, man, it's hard to describe it, you know, it was hard to describe it. Dude, you know, it's funny because uh, my boy Shorty Torres, you know, he told me that they made you have to wait a little bit to get that belt, but when they shipped it to you, they engraved your name on it, so uh, I believe earlier in October you got that uh, that box in the mail, right? Man, it was nice, it was, it was worth the wait, I'll tell you that. Way. They made us wait a little bit, you know, I was kind of upset, but, you know, it was worth the wait, man. Once it got there, you know, got the names on it and everything, it's shining, and, man, it's awesome. They did a great job, man. Ray Ray Championship Belts, they they did an awesome job. Man, what was the reaction at ATT when you walked in there with that thing? Man, you they everybody just stopped and started clapping, you know. Listen, man, we got some great people there, you know, they take, they, they look out for us, they looking for our back, and... It was awesome to bring that back to them. Man, that's that's what dreams are made of, dude. For sure, for sure. Speaking of Jason Jackson, you said it was supposed to go down a while ago, but how do you feel about the matchup, man? Because from what I hear, I mean, his nickname is the ass-kicking machine. I mean, he comes to fight. He does, you know. He's a fighter, man. He he comes to fight. He's really, uh, he's he's pretty well-rounded, you know, but there, I don't see any wild factors on him, you know. It's just... He's just a normal fighter, man. Exciting, you know. He's lengthy, and man, they, I, I'm not really worried about it, man. You know, he, he's just, just a fighter. I don't see any wild factors. It's we're gonna go in there and throw down, you know. There's none. He comes to fight. I come to fight. There's not gonna be any, you know. It's just, it's gonna be a fight, man. It's gonna be a fun fight. I believe actually, when as soon as he got signed, you know, that was the fight he wanted. It was me. But at the time, I wasn't ready. So that's why he took that last fight. And they told him, hey, you win, you get the fight, the fight you wanted. So, you know, he came out, he had a great performance, he won, and now we're here, you know. I mean, obviously. But he asked for, he asked for the fight because, you know, he knows I come to fight. And, you know, there's going to be no running. We're going to get in there and get down. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, you're a champion. You don't need any extra motivation. But when someone calls you out, does that give you that little incentive to run that extra mile or, you know, spar the extra round or anything like that? Well, it depends on the call-out, you know. If somebody's just being an a-hole and, you know, just 
just jealousy, you know. Yes, of course, you know. But in his thing, you know, in his, I, I don't blame him, you know. I was a champion, you know. He, he's he got a big name out there. He was a champion in another organization. So there was really, I, I knew that was a fight that he wanted, you know. And that was a fight I wanted, you know, because I see a lot of buzz on him. Everybody's talking about him, like, coming from the Black Zealands. Oh, he's the next to go to the UFC and all this, blah, blah. So, you know, I, that's the fight I wanted too, man. I, I got to prove, you know, it's just... <laughs> You got to go through me first, buddy, you know, and that's not going to happen. So it's more of a respectful thing, more like, you know, I think I'm the best in Titan. He thinks he's the best, and uh, you guys are going to go in there and find out who's the best. Exactly, man, exactly. You know, there's no hurt feelings, man. We, we're fighters, you know. He, I know his respect for, you know, I'm the same way, and it's just let's see who's the best, you know. That, that's a fun thing. Definitely, man. Now, you know, obviously a fight's a fight. Anything can happen. But do you think that your experience is a big edge here? Very, 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 you know. It's going to be big for me, man. I feel, and I'm going to use it, man. If it goes to the later rounds, you know, I'm really going to look to utilize that, you know. Going five rounds is tough, man, especially the pace that I went with last my last fight. So, you know, I, I want to take him in deep waters, man. I want to test him. I want to test his heart. I want to test his cardio, you know. He's going to be in a real fight, man. Speaking of your last fight, man, I mean, obviously one of the contenders for fight of the year, but uh, did you get enough time to rest after a war like that? Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. That's why, that's why, actually, when was it? I think um, this the, the night that Jason Jackson fought, you know, that was the night that they wanted me to fight. And I was like, oh, no, 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 man, there's no way, you know, I, I need some time off, you know, I need some, I need actually some months off, you know, so <laughs> I took a, I took some good time off, man, especially after a war like that, you know, I was hurting for quite a bit, man. I couldn't make a fist for like two months after that fight. <laughs> Damn, son, I mean, that's what so it takes was to rough, be the champ. So I stuck to the, yeah, I stuck to the, you did a lot of cardio, you know, stuck to the ground and, you know, really had to take it easy. So now you feel like uh, we're getting a refreshed uh, Diego Lima out there? Oh, for sure, man. For sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm as refreshed as it can be, man. I'm healthy and <laughs> it's going to be fireworks. That's good to hear, brother. Hey, before I let you go, man, who you got between Connor and Eddie? Connor and Eddie? I'm going to go with Eddie. Eddie, I think he's just a, he's going to utilize the wrestling a lot, man, and just keep that forward pressure and Thing is, I can't go against him this fight is because he's training with Mark Henry, man. I know how good of a coach he is, and Mark Henry is going to get him ready, man. He's got the Frankie Edgar, all those guys up there. That's the guys I was in the house with. And, you know, I know how good they are, man, just overall. So I just I don't see Eddie uh, losing this fight. Dude, I actually had no idea that you worked with Mark Henry. I'm glad you brought that up. Can you tell me about that? Because, I mean, when I see the countdown videos, I mean, this is a guy that in the basement of his mansion, he's got quotes on his walls. I mean, and they're all uh, they're all codes for, you know, his combinations. Like, it's all crazy shit. Like, he'll be like, Jersey, Jersey, and that means a specific thing for his fighters. So what's it like working with a guy like that, dude? Man, it was awesome, man. It was an experience, man. I, I wish if I lived in New Jersey, man, I would not train anywhere else, you know. That's the guy I'm actually hoping to go down there sometime, you know, just spend a little time with him. It's just, he it was an amazing experience, man. It's like you said, you know, he has a he has a name for every combo, man. And I still remember mine, you know. He was New York. He was uh, Diego, something that, uh, Corey was another one, so he, he named all the combos, and that, it's like a video game, man. You you work with him, once you get in there, it's like a video game. You know, he says something, you do it, you know. So if it makes you feel real comfortable up there, and, you know, he's, he's a great coach. Man, so, like, while you're fighting, he sees the opening, then he calls it out, and, and then, then he calls it out, man. It, yeah, it's exactly like a video game. Damn, son, that's crazy. And how's uh, Douglas looking, man? Big fight in Israel versus uh, Koreshkov. It's the rematch we've all been waiting for. Yeah, oh, speaking of that, I won't be able to do next week because I'll be down there with him. And my phone is not going to work down there. So next week we're not going to be able to do this, and then we'll, we'll follow up the following week. But, man, he, he's ready, man. This is going to be a totally different fight, man. I've never seen him hungrier and healthier than he is, man. You know, it's going to be a totally different fight this time. Man, that's good to hear. And, dude, just real quick, enjoy Israel, man. It's one of the nicest places 
on planet Earth. It's like a paradise, man. And uh, you guys are going to feel at home there. I'm telling you that right now. I know a lot of people talk a lot of shit, but don't worry about what they're saying. Just enjoy yourself, man. It's one of the nicest places I've ever been to in my life. Man, that's glad to hear, man. I was actually a little worried because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ending my camp there. So, you know, it's like I'm, I only got a few weeks left, so I'm just going to be training down there. But that's good to hear, man, because, you know, you can relax the mind, get ready for battle. Yeah, bro, exactly. And if you get the chance to go to a place like Tel Aviv or a place like Haifa, make sure you do that, man. I know everyone's always talking about Jerusalem. My opinion, that place is a little bit overrated. You got to hit up Haifa oh, okay. and Tel Aviv. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I'll tell Tel, Aviv, Tel Aviv, I think that's where we're staying. Perfect, perfect. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, you'll get the good experience there, man. So Douglas is ready to rematch Koroshkov because, man, in the first fight, it, you know, it almost seemed like, you know, Douglas was injured. He didn't let his, his uh, strikes go. And Koroshkov wanted nothing to do with him on the feet. He wanted to wrestle him. What do you think is going to be the right, difference course, this time? Man, he, man, the difference, man, he was 30% that fight, you know. We, we, he said it every interview, he says it, you know, there, there's no hiding it, you know. Everybody knows, man. Koroshkov knows. You know, everybody knows he was hurt, man. He was probably at like 30% that fight. You know, he was limping around the hotel in fight week. You know, like they saw it, you know. That's why they attacked the other leg because they wanted to, to bounce on that leg. So they knew it, man, and they took advantage of it. You know, they went to the wrestling. But, you know, it's going to be a totally different fight. You know, this time he's going to be able to defend the takedown. So <laughs> he's going to have to deal him on the feet. And you, you know he doesn't want to do that. So. We'll see what happens, man. A fight to fight, but, you know, just Douglas is, Douglas is healthy this time. So, you know, now he's going to be a fight, you know, so we'll see. Well, that's good to hear. Hey, since I don't have you next week, man, I got to know a couple more UFC 205 predictions. Who you got between Woodley and Wonderboy, man, for the welterweight title? Woodley, man, I have to go with Wonderboy, man. Wonderboy. I'll tell you what, because Woodley, Woodley's a guy that waits, you know. He waits, waits, and then pops the big right hand. You know, he's uh, and Wonder Boy's gonna. I just feel like Wonder Boy's gonna pick him apart, man. Woodley doesn't have that forward pressure that you need to beat Wonder Boy. Like, if you sit back and wait for something big, you know, there, there, there's no way you're gonna beat Wonder Boy like that. So I think he's just gonna use his footwork and pick him apart. Yeah, man. The only thing about Woodley, though, is his ability to close the distance. It's like when he's on his game, I mean, you remember that fight with Carlos Condit, then obviously the fight versus Robbie Lawler, we were all there. I mean, when he's on his game, man, he can knock out anyone in that division. But one of the right, yeah, that, but Wonderboy is such a hard guy to knock out. That's the thing, man. He's just so hard to get to, you know. I think he's just he's working that so much that I think he's going to be ready for it, you know. Definitely. And what about? He's just so good at keeping that distance away. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, Chris Weidman versus Yoel Romero? Man, that's a tough one to call. You know, that's a really tough one to call. But I, I'm going with Weidman too, just because he's working with Mark Henry. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> you right. You know, I'm telling you, he's working with him as well. And I, you know, I think Romero's gas tank, you know, because he usually utilizes the wrestling in his first and second round, and then you know he just kind of kind of cruises to decisions all his fights. And I think Weidman might be able to stop the takedowns. And you know, I think Romero's going to get a little tired, and Weidman's going to take advantage. It's going to be an interesting fight, especially since it's a three-rounder. And, uh, man, as far as... That's the, yeah, that's the thing, too, you know. If you, uh, it, I'm still a little iffy. I'm going with Wyman, but, you know, anything can happen because it's a three-rounder. You know, if it was a five-rounder, that you, I would have gone with Wyman for sure. But three-round, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and Yoel's the kind of guy that'll do whatever it takes to win. You know what I mean? Exactly, for sure. Yeah, so... Uh, Frankie Edgar and Jeremy Stevens. I'm assuming you're going with the Mark Henry guy. You think uh, Frankie's going to get back uh, on track? You already here? know. You already know. I, I can't go against my boy Frankie. <laughs> I think too too much footwork, man. Uh, Stevens is uh, stationary. You know, he just stays there. I think Frankie's just going to pick him apart too, man. Just you know, use his footwork, get in, get out to use the takedown when it's there. Uh, he uh, he even got a lot better with his takedown defense, but. I don't think he's going to be able to stop uh, Frankie's takedown in the later rounds. Awesome. Well, Diego, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle, my man. I hope you have an absolute blast in Israel. Good luck to your brother, and uh, stay safe uh, in the remainder of your training camp. We'll talk in two weeks, bro. For sure, man. I'll talk to you in two weeks. I will, man. Thanks a lot for having me. You got it, brother. And uh, real quick, before you go, just let the audience know where to follow you, man. 
Follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, my name is uh, DH Lima MMA. I'm everywhere. Follow me. I'll follow you guys back. And, you know, looking forward to another battle. My man. Have a great night, buddy. You too, man. Thank you. Peace. Joining me now is Jason Ludgren. Jason, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me on, man. I really do appreciate it. Oh, you got it, brother. So, I mean, you're a manager in this great sport of MMA, and uh, I heard a rumor that you're doing something differently, man. So, look, dude, the floor is yours. Tell us what it's all about, man. Sure, my man. Well, as a little bit of a backdrop, I was in MMA journalism for nine years, and during that time, I got to know a whole lot of fighters. And to be frank, there's a lot of really shitty managers out there that screw over fighters. They'll, they'll sit on contracts where they promise fighters fights. They won't get their fights. They'll write out the time on the contracts and just kick them to the curb. And so whenever I start up this company with uh, my partner, uh, well, he's my CEO, Robert Gardner. I've worked with him during my nine years in MMA journalism. You know, I wanted to make sure that whenever we sign fighters, they know that we are with them through thick and thin. If they hit a little bit of a bump in the road during the career, it's not like we're going to kick them to the curb because they're, you know, obviously because they become harder to find fights for. We're going to find out what we need to do to get them back on the right track, get them back in the winning column. You know, that's first and foremost. And then secondly, what you know, something that we do that's really different is any money that that our fighters bring in. Of course, as a management company, we have a percentage that we take. And so in our contracts that our fighters sign, they have to put an equal amount of what we take in into, uh, they have to send it to a financial advisor. So that way, whenever the fighting career is over, they have a nest egg stash back. So whenever, and so whenever they progress into post-fighting life, they have some money stashed back so that way they can fund whatever it is that they want to do after their fighting career is over because I see a lot of fighters out there, they'll get their paycheck, they'll go blow it on, you know, cars, you know, doing stupid shit with their money. And they're young kids. And I can't blame when I was their age, I get a big chunk of money, I go blow it too. You know, so, and that's also something I want to help them with because, you know, average fighters, you know, they're in their early 20s. And so also I want to be there of course, our team wants to be there to also mentor them a little bit, you know, offer them guidance, uh, make sure that they know that, you know, the money is not always going to be coming in like this. You know, they're not going to be getting these paydays um, all the, you know, for their, you know, their entire lives, that there's going to become a day. It could be their very next fight. And so we really emphasize the fact that they need to plan for their future. So whenever fighting's not there, they are ready for whatever ventures may lie beyond um, fighting. Jason, I love that idea. Obviously, there's so much to talk about, but one thing that I want to emphasize on is almost uh, the retirement plan that you're talking about, you know, because uh, fighters don't have a 401k, you know what I mean? They don't have a social security. So, you know, it, this is really awesome, and I can relate firsthand. Even though I'm not a fighter, I just know, you know, as a young guy, you know, when, when I first started making money, you, you know, you, you feel like you're rich, you know, you buy yourself a new pair of shoes every single week and then you realize, look, this money's not going to be coming in all the time. You got to find new ways to make it happen. And uh, that's what you're bringing to the table here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, back, back when I was 18, um, when I was really young, I won a, a malpractice suit for Bosch surgery on my shoulder. And I got a, a chunk of money after I turned 18 when I was able to get the trust in. And you give a fool, you know, 18 young fool, a mass amount of money. You got a fool with a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? And by the time, you know, you go out, you know, and like you're saying, you know, you buy a new pair of kicks, you know, you go out, you buy, you know, car, you get a system in that car, you go buy clothes, you go take out girls, whatever. Next thing you know, you know, it, the money's gone. And that's something that I want to really emphasize with the buyers because you are 100% correct. They don't have 401k. They don't have, I mean, they're, indivi they're independent contractors. They have nobody but themselves to rely on 
for their financial future but themselves. And so, you know, now that I'm older and, well, I hope a little bit wiser, um, I really want to help guide them so that way they don't end up in a boat like, say, Chris Lieben, which, I mean, he was an, I mean, we all know that he put on some of the greatest fights in UFC history. And, but look at him now, he's having to sell real estate. And, you know, I want to prevent that from happening to any fighters that sign up with us. You know, want them to be able to have cash back so that way that they can do what they want and not have to go do, you know, work for somebody else, you know, just to get a paycheck so they can pay their rent. I want them to have money so that they own their own house. So that way their kids, you know, they have a, you know, money stashed back. So when their kids are ready for college, that money's there. So their kids don't have to go into debt, which, you know, student debt nowadays is a massive problem. Uh, student debt's larger than, you know, home, than a mortgage debt or car debts by far in this nation. And so you take all that stuff that, that, you know, that younger fighters usually don't think about. And you plant those seeds and let them know, hey, you know, right now you're renting, but you'll save back that money, get a house, build your equity. So that way, so that way, you know, you get a big payday, pay some down on your house, because that is going to be money invested into your future. There's other ways that that you can take the money, you know, while you're paying your bills, taking care of your needs now, but put that money to work for you in your future. Yeah, no doubt about it, Jason. Now, are we talking about, you know, setting up a Roth IRA? Are we talking about putting in escrow? Or is this simply you're teaching them about the art of compounding? You know what? I leave it up to them. Um, All I ask is that they take um, whatever percentage that we agree upon and give it to a financial advisor. Um, Beyond that, they can talk to their financial advisor. Uh, I recommend anything low risk, um, so that way they have a you know a, may it be a low yield return, but any sort of return that so that way whenever they put in their money, they're not putting in something very high risk. Like take example like the tech bubble back in the you know late '90s where so many people lost so much money. I don't want any of our clients getting stuck in a situation like that where they put it in you know a mutual fund or something that. You know, it was very high risk, but you know, probably you know, they're saying that they can get returns of fourteen, sixteen percent a year, but has a very high risk. Whereas they can put something that's low risk that you know follows the S and P five hundred index, but it's only going to return like three, four percent a year, which is a much safer investment. So ultimately, it's going to be up to whichever financial advisor they choose to for them to entrust them to make the best decisions on their money. Now, Jason, uh, what's your uh, inspiration behind this, man? And what led you to decide to do this? Well, ever since I was a young kid, I've always wanted to help people. Um, like during Christmas time, uh, I started working really young. When I was 14 years old, I got my first job as a busboy at a local restaurant here. And every year I would, I would, um, in the newspaper, they'd have uh, little articles about, um, you know, families that were in need, you know, and they kind of list down what they wanted, you know. And I remember one year I was reading this, there's an older couple, and all they asked for was, like, house shoes and robes. And for some reason, that really struck me. And so I went and bought all that. I got them a voucher to a grocery store so they could go buy, um, you know, big dinner and everything for themselves. And and ever since, and I did that every every year. I would go. I would basically adopt a family, get you know. And once I started making more money, obviously I was able to do more and take on bigger families, kids, things like that. And um, for the past eleven years, I've uh, co-owned a restaurant with my mom. And so every Thanksgiving and Christmas, we have a free dinner that anybody can come in free of charge, doesn't matter who you are. And we have a dinner with all the trimmings, you know, turkey, ham, I mean, you name it. And, you know, all you can eat. And we pay for it, all of of it out of our own pockets. And during Christmas time, I personally, um, I have a deal with a local store around here where they cut me deals on toys. 
And so I'll go buy, buy toys for boys and girls, and I'll put them underneath the tree out front. And so whenever I see um, a family come in with boys and girls, um, I'll go hand out toys to them. Um, and, and during that time, we also outreach to different um, churches in the area, uh, other organizations that help out uh, needy families in our community, because if it wasn't for our community, we wouldn't have a successful business. And I am all about giving back to those that, I mean, obviously these the families that are in need, I mean, they're part of our community. And we need to do, I feel a responsibility to do everything I can to strengthen our community, or especially during the holiday times, you know, bring smile to a child's face. And, you know, beyond that, you know, I volunteer my time at my kids' schools. Uh, I have a daughter that's in eighth grade. I have a son that's in fourth grade. Um, I donate whatever extra spare time I have there. Um, I actually, I was uh, donated time to city council here, and I live in a very small rural area in Missouri currently. I donate time to the city here to, um, I'm actually working to try to get a park set up here in town so that the kids have a safe place to go play because recently a three-year-old kid got ran over by a truck thankfully it was all superficial he's okay but if we had that park in place you know thoughts that situation happening would have never happened and so i'm actively involved in that and basically i just try to do everything i can to help people and i got very ill last july and it gave me i was basically bedridden for about eight months and it gave me a lot of time to reflect and you know i've always been wanted to do something big you know to help people and one day i was just sitting back and i realized that mixed martial arts and boxing have been a huge part of my life for a very long time ever since i saw um the, my very first ufc back when i was 15 years old when i found it at a uh, local video store on vhs and, you know, I started, you know, uh, learning mixed martial arts, had a few smokers and things like that. And then getting, especially after that, getting to learn, you know, know all these fighters after my days of fighting were long over um, and see how badly they're treated because there is no fighters union. MMA fighters aren't covered under, under the uh, Ali Act. And so they get, I mean, there's, they have no protection and you're, you know, this just as well as I do. They get they get fucked over quite a bit, and so I wanted to bring my moral compass, which I would like to think is you know good, and also Robert Gardner, who is my COO, which I know that he holds the same values I do, to bring him on, and so that way I know that everybody we bring into the family, which. They're not my fighters. They're part of the family. So that way I know that they are getting honest representation, that you know we're straight up honest with them. Everything I do is 100% tra uh, transparent, or we do, I should say, 100% transparent. If they were, I mean, if they were calling call me up and say, hey, you know, I have a discrepancy about something, I'll send my bank records. Say, hey, there you go. Here's every money in and out of our uh, bank account. I want to just make sure that you know, every member that joins up with us, they know 100% honesty. We have nothing to hide. I want to make sure that they know that there's, that it is, you know, as honest a management company you will find. And I want to throw in one really quick note, if you want, let me mind. Go ahead. I've actually turned down two fighters that have approached me wanting to uh, have us represent them. Because I'd look at their social media feeds, and they would make um, like like create drama, um, make comments that were um, geez, what's the appropriate way of putting it? Um, I hate to use the term politically incorrect because I get thrown around way too much, but I would say like borderline racist. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, because I was about and, to say, man, you know, if they're saying controversial things, you know, that makes exactly. pe that makes people talk. But racism, that's a whole nother ball game, and that's something that obviously neither myself or you would want to get involved in. 
Oh, absolutely not. You know, because I'm all about my fighters. You know, if they want to go out, call somebody out, by all means, go do it. Because, it's, you know, self-promotion is the best form of promotion. But I turned down these fighters because if I were to bring them on, not only would it reflect negatively upon our business, but the biggest thing is it would reflect negatively on the family, the fighters. And that is the number one biggest thing. I don't want anything or any to bring have anybody associated with our business that can negatively impact the fighters. Definitely, man. Well, obviously you don't need any praise, but I want to commend you for what you're doing. But uh, who are some of the fighters that you have under your roster? And uh, if you want to talk about any of the fighters you're working on, uh, feel free to, my man. Sure, man. Well, um, right now our our first two clients that we signed. Um, I have Serena De Jesus, which uh, you had on the show uh, not too long ago. Um, as you know, Serena is a she's such a sweetheart. I talk to her, you know, well, I talk to everybody on basically a daily basis. Um, which she has a couple more Emmy fights before she's going to turn pro, and I think that she's going to, you know, have a very very bright future once she turns pro. Um, and of course, I've then I have a uh, Cody Bollinger. I've known Cody for a long, long time. Uh, for a while, his you know he had an unfortunate circumstance with his prior management team sitting on him. One of the situations I brought brought up earlier, and then he became self managed. And we had talked about this between him and I. And he recognizes that when he was self managed, he made some questionable decisions. And so, you know, we're working on getting him back on the winning track, so that way we can get him because he wants in the road FC lightweight tournament. So right now we are working on getting him on the path to get him in that tournament. Um, and then I don't want to count my eggs before the hatch, but we're in um, negotiations with a few other fighters at the moment. Um, I don't want to name them just yet, but, uh, but they, they've been fighters that we've been in, in talks with. And I mean, they have contracts in hand, um, there's just a little, a few things that um, that they wanted to change up uh, on them, and of course, like I said, I mean we don't have any cookie cutter contracts. Um, I tailor because I write all of, uh, write, write up all the contracts. I have a little background in law, and so I tailor each one to each fighter specifically to make sure that everything that they want done and they want us to do is covered. So that way. As, you know, whenever they sign, they are 100% happy. They, you know, they can go in knowing that we're going to do exactly what we're supposed to do. That they they feel 100% confident that you know that they have all their bases covered, and that they're going to get out of us what they expect out of us. Well, Jason, it sounds like you got a good thing going on, man. Uh, anything else you want to get off your chest, bud? Um. At this time, I would just, you know, I just, basically, I, I mean, there's a lot of shady promote, you know, a lot of shady management companies out there, you know, I'm not going to glorify them by naming any names, they know who they are, um, and all I got to say is just keep your mouth shut, it, I mean, keep my name out of your mouth, man, that's all I got to say, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to take the time to name any names, but they know who they are. Well, awesome. Well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug, bud. Now's the time. Sure, man. Um, on Twitter, you can follow me at Sports. That My last name is spelled L-U-N-D-G-R-E-N. Or you can hit me up on Facebook. Um, my name's Jason Lundgren. Or hell, if you ever want to talk, you can call me on my office line, 417-739-6187. I'll be happy to talk to you, to any fighters that potentially want to talk about uh, getting representation. I'm always here free to talk and um you know and the only other thing i want to say is people quit being afraid of serena and cody they want to fight they're ready to fight step it up because there's been so many people that have been i seriously i've been working nonstop because i've had two fighters turn down cody in the last 48 hours that's no bullshit and so i'm grinding away trying to find him a fight serena Nobody will fight her either. 
And so all I'm saying is, bitches, step it up. Fight her. <laughs> well, hey, man, I got to put you in touch with some people here in Georgia, man, because I know there's a ton of Atlanta fighters that would uh, chomp at the bit at an opportunity like that. So uh, we'll talk off air. Jason, thanks again for the time, brother. Hey, thank you, man. I truly appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for the time. You got it, buddy. Have a great day. There you have it, folks. Albert the Warrior Morales, Diego Lima, and Jason Lundgren. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Sean Carey and I will be back later this week to break down the entire UFC 205 card. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at BestFightPix. Go to BestFightPix.com for the plays. Keep hooking up the five-star reviews, the likes. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Thank you so much to everyone for the amazing support. I'm really stoked that you guys enjoyed that first episode with Sean Carey as the co-host of Half the Battle. Look forward to many more. And as always, guys, thank you to everyone. Big shout out. And until the next time, let's cash these bets. Hey, hey.